Hello, this is Mr. Galley from GCSE English Revision Pod with a quick message for you. If you want even more English Revision Pod in your ears, you can now subscribe to our premium service, GCSE English Revision Pod Plus, where for the price of just over £2 a month, on top of all the amazing free episodes, which will continue to be free and there for you to use, you can also get a selection of amazing bonus episodes on things like Macbeth, A Christmas Carol, Romeo and Juliet, and all your favourite topics covered in the depth and detail that you are used to. If you are interested in getting even more GCSE English Revision Pod, all you've got to do is click the link at the top of this episode description, where you can subscribe to GCSE. English Revision Pod Plus. Hello and welcome to GCSE Revision Pods. We are here. It is a Monday. We hope you're okay. We're having a little chat after Friday's podcast, Sarah, weren't we? We were a little bit worried about it. Yeah, we thought that actually perhaps we could have done a little bit more talking about our poem choice and also we could have done perhaps a little bit more talking about the comparison element. Yeah, I think we banged on about AO2. I mean, it was good AO2, Yeah, but I think perhaps we went a bit heavy on the AO2. And to kind of reiterate what we were saying, it's really, really important that you're engaging with how the two poems connect together, in what precise ways are they similar and different. Yes. So hopefully today we will address those issues and um, it will be a bit easier and more useful to follow. The email address for you to get in touch with us is... Um, EnglishRevisionPod at gmail.com Get in touch with all your suggestions and ideas and we will do our absolute best to get those podcasts recorded for you. And don't forget to download the handout which you'll find in the bio. You can either click on the link or if you're using Spotify you can paste it into your browser and access it from there. Absolutely, where you'll find all the quotes and all the quotations from uh, today's podcast um, the key vocabulary that we've used and also the AO3 context which can support your idea so we kind of thought today that we'd do something a bit different. We're actually going to release two podcasts today, um, or as soon as, it might not be today, but as very, very close together, we're going to release two. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at basically the same question, but we're going to answer it with two completely different poems. Yeah, so what we want to engage with today is how actually um, there's no set poem that the examiners are looking for you to choose. Yeah. They'll be naming one, but actually there'll be multiple poems you could select and how you'd approach the question in different ways. So the question we're going to look at for the next two episodes um, is going to be this. Compare the way the poets present the after-effects of conflict in Kamikaze and one of the poem from Power and Conflict. Okay, so that's going to be our that's going to be our question for the, the after-effects. Absolutely, and that's going to be for this podcast, and it's going to be for the next one. But what will be different was we'll be showing you how can you can answer exactly the same question in two very different ways. Hopefully, both of them getting you really decent marks. Yeah. So today we're going to compare Kamikaze and War Photographer, and then actually in our next episode we're going to compare Kamikaze and Poppies. Interesting. So, I mean, we'll start with, uh, the first one was Mr. Galley's choice and the second was mine. So actually what you can also do <laughs> is you can decide which would you choose. Absolutely. It's a bit of healthy, healthy competition. Let us know whether you think this brilliant podcast is the one that's helped you most or the kind of slower, more dull one that Mr. Forster's got coming. You know, let us know. We're, we're not biased. We'd be interested to hear to hear what you think about that. So tell us then, or maybe I should tell, seeing as I'm now yeah. claiming this is so, mine. So I mean, just remember, the first thing we always do in any essay, but particularly in a poetry essay, start with your thesis statement. Right. Ha- be precise. What are both poems saying about the after effects of conflict? In what ways are they similar and in what ways are they different? Do not do the thing that every student in the country says, which says, war photographer and kamikaze both explore the after effects of conflict full stop it's a bit boring or even worse they use many language techniques to show this mm. it's 
reads awfully. And it's not relevant. Be precise. So, Mr. Galley, hit it. Well, I think... I mean, if we talk about what the poem's about briefly, you know, war photographer is this idea about a guy whose job it is to go and capture... He's got an incredibly difficult job. He's got to go to these places where people are suffering, where people are dying, perhaps. Awful stuff is going on. But his role in that situation is not to help those people directly. His job is to record it and take photos. And what Caroline Duffy does is explore this slightly strange feeling that he's left with when he comes home you know and how does he relate to the rest of the world when his job is to take photos of these terrible terrible things it's very topical it was on the news last week there's a war photographer talking about his time in syria oh uh, really and uh kamikaze uh by way of contrast i suppose looks at how a kamikaze pilot in world war ii who rather than as was expected of him flew his plane into an enemy ship killing himself and hopefully destroying the ship actually turned around and came home so he survived the thing that he should have died but he then suffered a kind of metaphorical death because he was completely snubbed in society but the thing i think even though those things are quite different the thing i think connects them is that both of them explore the way that kind of after a conflict there can be a sense of hollowness a sense of emptiness you know that both of the poems explore how when you come home you can be left with this sort of terrible haunting yeah. this awful after effects and also they trap you in a cycle that you yeah. can't escape the past you cannot escape what you've been through there's an inescapability to it which we're going to look at as well and i think finally then more coming from the different side it's about how one explores this sort of strange relationship with the people who look at the photos a very very broad idea and also a very critical one it's engaging with actually the fact that perhaps we're not affected enough by conflict we we look at we see conflicts going on we're perhaps moved for a moment by an emotive photo in a newspaper then we go on and get on with our lives it's have too lunch. easy for us but then kamikaze does it kind of completely differently and looks at how family relationships can suffer in the after effects of war yeah it looks at, at how the pilot cannot escape the effect conflict so we so we have therefore two poems that are both engaging with the with the immediate effects leaving you hollow and empty but how the difference is perhaps that war photographer is saying that perhaps we should feel it more yeah um, whereas kamikaze is is, is a slightly darker poem about Mm. family and do you want to get into the first paragraph then yeah so let's begin by looking at how both poems explore the way in which conflict can leave people feeling hollow leave them feeling empty that sounds like a nice topic sentence so already i'm thinking this is going to be the better podcast <laughs> so looking at war photographer for example mm-hmm. um uh, it's it begins with this description of um of the eponymous war photographer developing the film mm-hmm. so for those students who aren't aware about this before the digital age Right. Um, uh, camera. Once you'd taken a photo on your on your camera, you had to develop it in a dark room. It was very exciting. You'd take a load of pictures. You'd send them off. You wouldn't remember what photos you'd taken. They'd all come back in a little envelope. Well, I mean, for him, he's developed them himself. So he's putting them in silver nitrate. He's watching the negative image come out with the the photograph, and he has to string them out on little pieces of strings and for them to dry until they until they, they take the form of photographs that you know. And the interesting way thing I think is how he describes them. He describes them as spools of suffering set out in ordered rows. Yeah, so this is actually an interesting metaphor because the photographs themselves are metaphorically described as suffering. Mm. So little reams of suffering, little packages of suffering almost that he's trying to connect. And I think the way he sets them out in ordered rows... I think can be used to represent this sort of horrible feeling he's left with after the conflict because the only order, the only kind of organisation he can bring to this chaos is to put the reams of film film into a little line. Yeah, and I think always it's, it really pays when you're looking at imagery like this to start literal and then go metaphorical because, of course, literally this description of the spools of suffering set out in order of rows is a depiction of the... 
process of developing film, mm-hmm. hanging them up on pieces of string to dry after they've been in that silver nitrate. But metaphorically, as you said, it represents so much more. Yeah, and it's um, and they come to be his memories. That these photographs here metaphorically function as what he's seen, the reality. Yeah, and I think it, it's quite a hollow image, isn't it? Him in this dark room by himself, isolated, just trapped almost with these horrible memories. Another bit I pulled out was this idea of all flesh being grass. Yeah, so all flesh is grass. The final, the final um, line of that first stanza. What did you think about that? So sir? it's quite an ambiguous metaphor. So it could, on a basic level, imply, um, you know, be a description of all those people that he's seen dead yeah. in these different places that he lists. Um, Belfast, uh, alluding to the kind of the, the troubles, mm-hmm. um, Beirut, um, Phnom Penh, and and yet the the, the the implication being that those who have died have returned to earth. Yeah. Who who have. Um, you know, who have decomposed, who've become part of this natural carbon cycle. And perhaps I wondered if we could do something with it where we sort of say all flesh is grass. In the one sense, yeah, people returning to the earth. But also, grass is so prevalent, you know, grass is everywhere. And I wondered if we could use that to argue that death has almost become slightly meaningless to him, that he's experienced so much death that flesh is becoming as commonplace as grass. Well, so even the connotations of the word flesh itself, it shows mm. this dehumanised notion of, 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 kind of, of, of the people that he's, that he's seen dying. You know? right. And this is juxtaposed in the next line with he has a job to do. Mm-hmm. The, these awful things are being juxtaposed with, with the reality of what he has to do. And then if we could move it on perhaps to the idea of when he's home again, and the line is home again to ordinary pain which simple weather can dispel. And again, I think if you're wanting to make this argument that conflict leaves you feeling a bit hollow i think you can pick up on this kind of tone that when he gets home there's almost a sense of bitterness you know this idea of a world of ordinary pain which simple weather can dispel you know he's he comes from this terrible situation to be then surrounded by people whose pain is so minor that a nice sunny day makes it all go away yeah and i think what where we could kind of link this to is to the 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 way in which the pilot in kamikaze is left um, completely alone to the extent that structurally we never even hear his voice no because that's interesting the poem begins we might start actually here with a bit of a structural point mm. the poem begins in the third person it's implied here that there's a frame narrative that means there's a story outside the story mm-hmm. and presumably either an interviewer or a translator is telling the story of this woman and her father who was this kamikaze pilot but what's quite interesting is we find out that this imagined moment when he turned back was not actually from his own words. This is as his as his daughter imagined it. And then in the penultimate stanza, it shifts the first person. Apologies, students, I dropped the phone there. I hope that wasn't a, a too loud of a noise. But yeah, carry on, Seth. So in the penultimate stanza, uh, the second to last stanza, it shifts into the per- first person. And we suddenly hear the daughter's voice. Right, and she comes in, now speaking directly herself, and she says, and though he came back, my mother never spoke to him again. I th- yeah, I mean, the juxtaposition here is the the, dense, the beauty of the metaphorical language to describe the sea mm. um, in the previous stanzas, to describe the fish that he saw, to describe the, this gorgeous natural world, is juxtaposed with the stark, declarative sentences here. And the, ger- the girl, of course, has to realise that, uh, and I quote, this was no longer the father we love. So we move, as you say, from all this beautiful imagery to an incredibly bleak, incredibly stark picture where this man is essentially a walking ghost yeah, someone I mean, they have to pretend they don't really know anymore yeah the metaphorical <laughs> idea of him not being her father he was no longer his father um, the, um, is, 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 is quite interesting because that compares directly with this idea in war photography of, 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 kind of death being everywhere but, but he's, he's not died that's kind of the irony that is the irony of it I think 
moving on then, the second paragraph I would want to bring into that is how both poems show how the after effects of conflict can trap you in something of a cycle. You can be left feeling trapped in the after effects of a war. Even when you've left the war itself, you haven't escaped the effects of that war. Now, I think war photography, the way we argue this is structurally the poem suggests a cyclic, never-ending nature to war in general. Not a particular conflict, but war in general. Because we start off with this line when he's in his dark room on his own. Mm. Um, perhaps the only place in his life where he finds peace. Yeah, because it's metaphorically depicted with lots of ideas drawn from the semantic field of religion. So right. it seems. So he describes it in line four uh, um, as though this were a church and he a priest preparing to intone a mass. Mm. So the idea that the connotations in this metaphor is, of course, of the ritualistic nature of developing photographs, yeah. but also a sense, perhaps, of peace that he has. That perhaps the stability, the meaning he has, um, comes from from what he's doing back here, developing the picture of these awful scene, things that he's seen. And yet, by the end of the poem, and this is where your structural point comes in, he's flying out again. He's off to some other nameless war. Do you think it's important that the conflict isn't named? Yeah, because what he's really, what this poem is engaging, what the Carolyn Duff is engaging with, which we're going to move on to in our third paragraph, is actually how, whilst he's spending his life documenting these brutal, awful conflicts, um, his readership, the people that read these newspapers that see his pictures... They only care for as long as they're looking at the picture. Mm, and it's almost as if he has to keep producing it. You know, he's got to keep um, churning out content almost, uh, which is a horrible, horrible kind of way of thinking about it, I suppose. In terms of kamikaze, I would say that there's a lot of actual... Before we get onto the fact of his being trapped, there's some beautiful imagery that suggests inescapability, suggests things you can't get away from. And the one I picked up was when he looked out from his plane and he saw... Um, the fish swimming in a figure of eight. Now, what do you think about that image of the figure of eight, sir? Yeah, I mean, you could talk about it as this kind of symbol of infinity. It looks like the the symbol that you see. Yeah. Um, the the idea that that you know he can't escape the the the, the, the purpose expectations of, his life. of society, the things that he's meant to do, even though that means giving his life, he cannot get away from it. So I thought you had that really nice metaphor of the fish swimming in the figure of eight, but also. You've got the metaphor of the inrush of breakers. So he remembers being stood on the shore with his brothers, the waves crashing in and out, and the idea of the sea, you know, the waves will always come in, the waves will always come out, the sea will go on forever, it will just carry on. So there's all this beautiful imagery that suggests that the man, the after effects of conflict leave the man trapped in this um, in this world he can't escape. And yet I think what's also interesting is that it's not simply the pilot who's trapped, it's also the daughter. I think the key to this is looking at the beginning and end of the poem. Oh, yeah. So in line 9, the idea that he must have looked down. And in line 41, he must have wondered. These modal verbs of speculation, he must have, mm. imply that, that she too is trapped, imagining this, the, this moment that her father went to. Because implicit in this idea is that she doesn't know she's never been told she didn't speak to him so actually she never of, heard his version so, of events yeah, so she's left there imagining it. so in terms of the after effects of conflict what we're actually seeing is like the war photographer trapped alone in his kind of ritualistic uh you know uh church developing mm-hmm. his photographs there's the sense of of the woman also being unable to escape um you know the the the, the, the after effects, yeah, after that, effects. That her father faced trapped in this sort of cultural expectation that ruins a family relationship finally then i would move us on to this idea that while war photographers looking at a broad sort of situation after the conflict and sort of criticizing the way people react to his photos kamikaze looks at this on a much more personal level 
Yeah, so Caroline Duffy in War Photographer, um, the final stanza is perhaps one that contains some of the most important quotations that encapsulate the main message of this poem, which is this. So he, he talks about the hundred agonies in black and white, the, the editor will pick out a few, and then he says, the reader's eyeballs prick with tears between the bath and pre-lunch beers. Now this is quite critical, isn't it? Because at first you think, okay, so their eyes are pricking with tears, which suggests they're having an emotional reaction. They do care. But then what about the fact that it's between the bath and pre-lunch beers? Yeah, so, I mean, the internal rhyme um, between of tears and peers um, immediately subverts the notion of any emotion that you feel looking at these pictures being valid. Because the suggestion is that as quickly as people see these pictures and have an emotional response, they move on. They forget about it. They finish the bath, had the, oh, read the paper, cry a little bit, but oh, no, it's time to go to the pub. Everything's all right. Yeah, and, and of course this is engaging with actually how those who aren't directly involved in conflicts actually escape the after effects. Mm. They can move on with their lives. But what this poem is implicitly saying is, of course, that there are millions of people out there who, who cannot. Yeah. Much so, like the woman in Kamikaze, or much like, as we're going to look um, next next um, episode, as the, the mother in poppies. So I would I would look at the... Uh, don't try and plug your podcast in the middle of my <laughs> one, sir. <laughs> well, I would say then that the... Um, important thing here is this uh this sense that the after effects of conflict leave the um leave the speaker um sorry leave the leave the eponymous war photographer in this situation where he's trapped in a world where he knows what everything was like he's seen it for how it was but then those around him yeah, he cynic- ultimately he cynically recognizes that the public um, don't care perhaps as much they should are not affected mm. by conflict in a way that perhaps we should and then he says he earns his living and they do not care yeah um, and by contrast mm-hmm. um, kamikaze is engaging with perhaps the opposite right this is because um, given the importance of bushido in Japanese culture which is of course honour um, what we're seeing here is a world in which um, family relationships have become destroyed by cultural expectations about patriotism about honour absolutely rather than this man who feels disconnected with everyone because everyone's reacting in the kind of slightly wrong way to his photos here we see a man with those closest to him those people he loves in the world turn their back on him because he didn't behave as he should in inverted commas during the conflict yeah and the most poignant line in the poem is of course right at the end he must have wondered which was the better way to die Mm. Um, because of course um, there's a suggestion here of, um, of of being snubbed by his loved ones, being left alone, being miserable. Um, is this actually a worse fate than that the instant death he would have get, got, got as a, as a hero, um, crashing his plane into the? It's American very warships? haunting, isn't it? You know that he would be he would be so judged just for not wanting to die. You know, and, and structurally, there's an interesting contrast here with earlier in the poem the imagery of her father waiting for his father her grandfather to return from sea yeah. the, the, the irony is of course he doesn't have that mm. he, the effect for him is to leave him lonely isolated so in a even sense even though a, he comes back yeah, he's still lonely there's a comparison between the, the, the protagonists of both poems the, the, the focal points that they're both lonely they both feel isolated but what's important to emphasise that this becomes from something very very different that mm. in, in, in War Photographer this is because the sense that he feels he's seen the truth that the public don't recognise don't understand whereas in Kamikaze what we see instead as a man who's isolated because uh, because of his refusal to give in to public yeah. ex- public expectations it's a very it's a very different cultural perspective isn't it 
All right, great. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. That was um, that was quite intense. Uh, please let us know how you're getting on with these listeners, because obviously we've moved on to poetry now. And I think because we're working with two texts, I feel like we're trying to cram an awful lot in. So please, please get in touch if we're either if the, if the new format is in any way difficult or you feel that something's not working do let us know and we will we will do our best to address that as ever you can go and get the handout from the link in the bio and we are planning on covering all of the poems in the in the in the conflict anthology yeah. um, in the course of our podcast so we are going to do some comparisons but next week next um, episode we're going to look at the exact same question but i picked poppies instead mm. of war photography because i'm going to be looking to plug my podcast <laughs> i'm going to be looking at the effects on families because both of these poems are about family relationships and how they can be broken down by conflict mm. I'm worried even listening to you then I already feel like that was possibly a better idea so I'm a bit worried about but, how, but that uh, is, how this next podcast the, the, will the be. serious point that we have though dear listeners mm. is that what we're trying to show to you is that when you're revising you need to be revising multiple connections yeah. you're looking for not just the AO2 about that poem you're thinking well how does that poem connect both to, in terms yeah. of its message but actually you can also compare as we'll look at next lesson you can also compare how the poets use imagery or, or specific st- structural features so you, you don't just have to look at the what they're talking about you can also look at the how mm. and i think a good way of thinking about it is that your mind should be like a big spider's web really with the poems all in amongst that web all the different links between them so that you're not thinking of it in a big line like okay that poem goes with that one that one goes with that one you should know that they all well not all of them but there's lots of them that link to others in lots of different ways and you need to have all of those links to draw on so that you can answer any question that comes up yeah I mean a, a game I like to play with my classes is a game called Did You Fail where mm. I really question they tell me what poem they picked and I tell them if they failed <laughs> it's a very it's a subtle game I like the, I like the sound of it sir fantastic thank you for joining us um, we will be back very very soon with uh, Mr Forster's version of that same podcast and I hope to see you then <laughs>